sometimes what contractors will do is they will give a bid based on face value. So you really want to compare the bids and ask the lower bid contractor, hey, what is included in here? And ask the higher bid contractor as well. And everybody has different ways of quoting projects and look at the project scope. I mean, if you built your own scope and provided that to the contractor, that's always the best thing to do because then that's an apples to apples comparison. Hey there, we're here to put you on the path to a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. I'm Pollock. And this is Nidhi. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about the 10 biggest mistakes that you can avoid for your next renovation project. And these are mistakes that we've made over the years and lost tens of thousands of dollars. And we've seen other investors make these mistakes too. So we're going to share these 10 biggest mistakes so you can avoid them on your next rehab. The very first one is not keeping your strategy in mind. A lot of new investors, when they come into real estate investing, they're absorbing a lot of content from social media and books and podcasts. And when it comes to real estate investing, your very first deal, you get really excited. You want to implement all these things that you've been hearing about, and it's your baby and you're excited to renovate it. And then you forget what your strategy is. What is your exit strategy? What is your plan for real estate investing? Why are you in it, right? So for us, it was the bar strategy. That's what we were after because we didn't want to just create income by flipping, right? We wanted income and wealth. So we chose the bar strategy. But then when it came to renovation, we didn't keep our strategy in mind for our first deal. So we approached it as if someone would approach a flip. And we went all in. We were so excited. We wanted to do open concept floor plan. We wanted to put in high-end appliances, grant countertops, hardwood flooring that was really high-end. We wanted to increase the square footage. We wanted to do a lot of things that someone would do if they were flipping a property. And although you do want to make sure your property is safe and comfortable for your tenants, the renovation for a rental is going to be very different than a renovation for a flip. In a flip, you're really thinking about how a homeowner is going to look at that property and will they want to buy it? Will they be able to see the, their family living in it? Whereas for a rental, you want to make sure it can take a beating because tenants are not as kind sometimes to your property, right? You want to choose different materials that allow wear and tear over the next few years as opposed to thinking about it just looking pretty and having you know a property that's like really beautiful it's not just about that so there are a lot of factors to consider here which we didn't on our very first yeah. bar yeah we ended up spending twenty thousand more than we should have right and yeah. so those are mistakes those are lessons that you learn as as you do more rehabs the second mistake that we see people doing is not doing market analysis right this is a big one so you really want to dig in whichever neighborhood you're investing in, looking at comps, both for your uh, after repair values to see what prices homes are selling for and what kind of renovations they're doing. So you can kind of adjust your renovations based on different uh, price points that you're trying to achieve in terms of your after repair value, but yeah. also for your rents, right? Like what kind of the properties that are up for rent in your neighborhood what kind of amenities are they offering? Um, are they offering central air? Or, uh, do they have a finished basement? Do they have a garage? And really knowing these things before you come up with your renovation plan really helps you hone in on 
what your renovation is going to look like. And the third one is actually pretty closely tied to this, which is not keeping your end customer in mind. And in this case, you have two end customers. Um, Yes, you're renovating for your tenant, but what people often forget is that they're also renovating for the appraiser. Especially if you're shooting for the Burr strategy, which is what we do, that's what we specialize in, it's really important to make sure that you're keeping your appraiser in mind. What is going to get your property appraised to the amount that you want it to appraise for? Yes. And so again, doing that market research is going to help you when you're thinking about it. Think about it also from an appraiser standpoint. If you merely um, you know, paint your cabinets in the kitchen and just paint the walls and do no other renovation in your property, then the appraisers is not going to likely give you a higher a higher appraisal, right? Yes. Higher price for your house in terms of how, what it's going to ARV for. ARV is the after repair value. But if you renovate the kitchen, if you renovate the bathroom, you're, you have a higher chance of getting higher appraisal, which is what you want. Yes. The next one is underestimating the renovation costs. And this is you know, a lot of times people see like all these DIY videos and you hear people's amounts that they are disclosing to you. Like I spent this much on a specific kitchen or flooring and you kind of just take that for as face value and run with it. And sometimes new investors don't understand that these costs change as you gain more and more experience, right? Because contractors work with you more and more. You understand how much everything costs. You understand how to deal with surprises. It's a whole different ballgame five years into this business versus when you're first starting out. And so if you don't really take into account maybe at least three quotes, you may end up underestimating your rehab costs. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times people watch AGTV shows, right? And this is like a big, that's one of the reasons we got into real estate was we watch all these AGTV yeah. shows, which is great. But it's the exciting. downside of yeah. watching AGTV shows is that uh, sometimes they'll say, oh, I did a DIY kitchen yeah. for kitchen renovation for $5,000 and I did it all myself. Well, but that doesn't factor in the cost of labor if you're right. going to hire a general contractor, which I highly recommend doing. Yes. Especially if you are a busy professional, if you are if you don't have enough time, you want to hire a general contractor rather than learn the skills. And if, if you're going to do that, you need to factor in the price of labor as well. Yes. And so you're you're not going to be able to do a kitchen renovation in $5,000. So making sure you're not underestimating how much your rehab is going to be. And uh, the next mistake that we see people making is, and this is number five, yeah. is not having a contingency while yes. the rehab. Oh my God, this is so important because... If you've ever managed any projects before, right, for your day job, this edit project management, you did project management too at a certain point in your career. There is one unspoken rule that a project will probably always go over budget and it'll never be done on time. This is like a running joke within the project management community like, hey, you may go over budget. So every project needs a buffer of, a, of time and of money. Right. So always build in contingency amount for your renovation project. 10 to 15 percent is what we recommend, especially when you're renovating a property. When you estimate the cost, you are unable to open up all the walls and look under the hood, so to speak. 
But when you own the property and you start the project, then you're able to do that. And you may discover some things that you weren't aware of before. And that is totally normal. That is a part of the process. And that's why you build the contingency amounts, right? About 10 to 15% is what we recommend. Absolutely. And, you know, there's all these surprises and renovation, yes. right? Like that is a given. Any renovation will have a surprise and you want money set aside for that. Number six is not monitoring your rehab. Yes not communicating sufficiently with your contractor to know what's going on. So a lot of times we see people hire a general contractor to do a renovation project and not talk to them enough and come week five or week six into the renovation, the contractor's like, oh, we're over budget by $20,000. Yeah. And as an investor, you do not want to be in that position. Right. You want to catch any surprises very early on in the rehab project. Yeah. If you're, if there's anything that you're overspending on um, that your contractor says, whether it's your kitchen or your bathroom or whatever was on your scope of work to do, as soon as they go over that amount, you want to be notified of that right. so that you can course correct early on. Come towards the end of the renovation project, it becomes very hard to then find places to save some dollars for the rehab, yeah. right? Uh, but if you found that early on, there's things that you can do. So yeah. talking to your contractor at least once a week, doing a FaceTime video with them yes. to say, all right, where are we? Investor, do a FaceTime video walkthrough. If you are local, go check out your property once a week. And that really helps keep an eye on it. And, you know, contractors are creatives. I, I'm not, this isn't meant to create an adversarial relationship between you and your contractor. It's not that they're trying, not all contractors are just out to scam you and get you over budget and notify you at the very end. This That's not what it's all about. Contractors, the way I look at it, they're creatives. They are there uh, at the job site. They're not sitting at their desk monitoring the money. That's our job as yes. investors, right? You want to make sure that you keep an eye on how the money is flowing and how the contractor is getting paid versus how much work is done. And if you cannot yourself keep an eye on things, hire someone to do this for you. But this is the most important piece. You want to make sure that you're monitoring your project very closely. That's right. Uh, mistake number seven is... And I've seen this often, mm -hmm. and we've I've seen this with properties that are on the market, is people not setting aside enough uh, money for the renovation in terms of cash, right? Like liquid cash, um, liquid money that you need to have for a renovation. And when I say liquid, it could be a short-term lender, and that's fine. But a lot of times I've seen people go into a rehab project having $20,000 access to, access to $20,000 for the renovation and the renovation ends up being 50,000 yeah. and then 20,000 into it, they've burned up all the money they had. They have no other sor sources of financing the property. The they have the no other credit right. to, to finance, to finish their renovation. And then they're forced to then sell the property at a discount, just stop the renovation yes. work. So if you see properties that are on the market, which are half renovated, that's probably what happened. That's probably what happened there. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so you want to make sure you finance correctly before you even buy the property. So you need to have a lender in place that's going to finance your renovation. You do not want to be in a position where you only have ten or $20,000 saved up and then you run out of cash yeah. halfway to the renovation. 
All right, the mistake number eight that we see people make is making the renovation too trendy. The thing to remember is this isn't for you yourself to live in. It doesn't have to be according to my taste or his taste or your taste. This has to be a renovation that is neutral and classic because then what that'll do, well, number one, materials are much cheaper when you choose a classic renovation, when you are go, when you go neutral, when you choose something classic. And two, now, five years down the line, you don't need to go and renovate it again because every tenant that walks in the door doesn't like what you did, right? And even though this is not a flip where people are not as concerned about the aesthetics of the property, it still does make a little bit of a difference. Yes. So how much ever you like that red paint or, uh, <laughs> you know, those those uh, dark, um, uh, you know, almost like black uh, cabinets, don't do it because yeah. it's, it's this is you're not renovating this for you again you're renovating this for the tenant right? right so so remember that another example of this is you know when we pick colors that are neutral for paint for instance yeah. you can get this paint anywhere mm -hmm. we use it for all our rentals and so you don't have to customize every single unit every single property differently be consistent across all the properties and use neutral colors yes Mistake number nine is uh, using materials that are of low quality. Yes. And, you know, this is this is a big no-no, right? Because what ends up happening is you may save money up front yes. by buying, say, the cheapest flooring that there is or cheapest cabinets, but you end up paying for it long term yeah. because you may have to replace them because they're not durable. Yeah. So any material choices that you make, whether it's your countertops, whether it's your cabinets, whether it's your flooring, make sure you use materials that are sturdy. Yeah. They don't have to be the most expensive. But make sure you're not just picking it because they're the cheapest. Yeah. Like appliances, make sure they're a brand that you've heard of that can withstand the test of time. Uh, countertops, make sure we really like level one granite for countertops because granite can really take tenant beating really well. Laminate countertops may be cheaper. And when you really come down to it, it comes out to be like about $1,500 cheaper trying to save that $1,500 up front, you're going to have to replace those laminate countertops within a year. That's right. Because a tenant may put something hot on the countertop and now you need a new one when the tenant moves out. Same thing with the carpet, right? We never put carpets in our units, in our properties, because even though carpet is cheaper to install than, say, um, you know, um, luxury vinyl um, you know, planks yeah. or... Um, you know, it, it engineered wood. It's 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 cheaper to install carpet, but they get stains on them. It's harder to clean. Uh, you you'll be replacing the carpets in three to four years anyway. So I would just put regular LVP flooring instead of carpet. Yes, and the last one, last mistake that we often see investors make is hiring the cheapest contractor out there. And this mistake is by far going to cost you the most amount of money is hiring the cheapest contractor, right? How many times have we seen people get two or three bids from different contractors and then just go with the cheapest one, not because they were good, but because they were the cheapest? I'll, give, I'll tell you guys a story. 
um, when we first got started, uh, we made friends with another investor couple who was also investing around the same area and around the same time when we were getting started. And every time we would talk to them about their construction budget, it was significantly lower than what we were spending. So this is five, six years ago when we first started implementing the Burr strategy. Our electrical work for a full 1,100 square foot house was about $6,000. And when I told this couple that, they were like, what are you talking about? We do it in $1,500. And we were like, what? We get multiple bids from GCs. We even go directly to electricians and get their bids. It has never been that low. That is a huge difference. Not like a $500 difference, right? It's not like a small difference, a huge difference. They said, well, we found this guy on Craigslist and he lives in the property while he's renovating it and he's not licensed or insured, but it allows us to have a cheap renovation and he lives in the property. So he has very low expenses. He doesn't have a crew. And then we started calculating and we realized that it takes him longer to do the work because he's living in the property and doing it all on his own and there's really no incentive for him to do it fast. Um, also, uh, we found out that a year later when we talked to them, he was still renovating the same property. We found out that that person was now a squatter. He was not going to leave. He already told our investor friends that, hey, I'm not leaving this property. And he was, not only that, he was growing marijuana in that property. <laughs> He, he started his own business and it was not legal at that time in that area. And he, hey, that's what he was doing. So yeah. you hire someone that's not a professional. Um, you could end up in scenarios where, you know, you're trying to save money, but you're jumping over the dollar to get to the nickel. That's what ends up happening. The other issue that I often see when people go with the lowest bid even if the contractor is a professional licensed and insured, sometimes what contractors will do is they will give a bid based on face value. So you really wanna compare the bids and ask the lower bid contractor, hey, what is included in here? And ask the higher bid contractor as well. And everybody has different ways of quoting projects and look at the project scope. I mean, if you, built your own scope and provided that to the contractor, that's always the best thing to do because then that's an apples to apples comparison. But say you are inexperienced and you really want them to build the quote and the scope for you, make sure you compare the scope because certain people will only look at the basics and quote you that and you suddenly want to give them the project because they didn't include everything. That's why their bid was lower, right? So you want to make sure you look at the itemized breakdown if you have some experience, if you know how to do this, make sure you scope out the project for the contractor so that they're quoting, they're all quoting the same items. And then you can do an apples to apples comparison. That's right. So let's go over the 10 mistakes. A quick re recap the 10 mistakes. All right, let's do it. Um, number one, not keeping your uh, strategy in mind yes. before you start doing the rehab. Make sure if you're doing a flip, rehab to a flip. If you're doing a burr, rehab to a burr. Mistake number two is not doing sufficient market analysis before you start the rehab to know what kind of renovation is needed based on what your end goal is. Number three is not keeping your end customer in mind. Who are you renovating for? 
for a birth strategy, you want to think about your tenant and your appraiser. Number Mistake four. number four is underestimating your rehab cost, right? So um, not um, doing proper analysis to know what your costs are going to be and going with the cheapest. Number five is not having a contingency built into your project. Make sure you have a contingency amount 10 to 15%. Number six is not monitoring the rehab um, and not keeping a tab on how your rehab is going every week. Number seven is not having enough funds for the renovation from the get-go, not having a plan on how you're going to fund the renovation. Mistake number eight is making your rehab too trendy and not classic. Number nine is using cheap materials because they're inexpensive upfront. They're going to end up costing you over the course of the life of your rental. And the biggest mistake, hiring the cheapest contractor Again, it's going to be cheaper in the, sh in the short term, but it's going to end up costing you a lot, lot more in the long term. Always remember you get what you pay for and make sure that you're keeping all of these in mind when you go in to your first renovation. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. I know. Don't forget, when you're ready to get serious, you can join us at theinvestoraccelerator.com. It's like getting a thousand episodes worth of information in five days, and it's everything you need to build your actionable plan to financial freedom and making work optional.